0: philo community we're back and things are in full swing over here in philo land for instance we're ramping up to philo anaheim which is in two months you can sign up now at philo.org we've got an exciting new event to announce at the end of the podcast so stick around for that we've also added a new team member cassie she's here to help us get more stuff done welcome cassie uh, and we're also a real organization. We've got ourselves an office. We've been uh, working out of Starbucks and wherever else we can find a place to sit down. And now that our team's getting a little bigger, we feel like it's good to have a home base. And so we're giving it a try. We've moved into this cool space that's straight out of 1960. And if you're thinking, uh, what does that look like? Think Mad Men. It had shag carpet, too. We got rid of that. Anyway, It was. Uh, it's been quite an adventure getting that place up to date and working and we're really excited for the ministry potential just from the increased productivity uh, that we're going to experience and kind of having a philo home base so we're excited if you follow us on Instagram which is at philo community you've definitely been seeing all the fun demolition work. so by the time you're hearing this we'll be in anyway if this is your first time listening to our podcast our goal is to help technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. Basically, an extension of the Philo Conference all year round. As I said earlier, we're getting ready for Philo Anaheim. If you're looking for a chance to connect with fellow technical artists, learn some skills, some new skills, from some of the best people around, or just be reminded of why you started doing production in the local church in the first place, you should join us November 5th and 6th. We're at Cross Point Church in Anaheim, California, and we'd love to see you there. So go to our website, check out philo.org. One of the other big things we have going on around here is our Philo Coaching Division. We've been working with churches all over the world to help make production and their production teams more effective. And we provide all kinds of services from observing your weekends, analyzing processes to individual leadership coaching and volunteer team meeting facilitation. We say it before each podcast that our goal is to make technical artists more effective so that our churches are more effective, and Philo Coaching is a more in-depth way of achieving that same goal. So if you or your church are interested in talking more about what Philo Coaching could look like in your situation, you can go to philo.org slash coaching and fill out the contact form. Okay, let's get to the subject matter of our podcast today. Our guest this time is Erin Meyer. She is a production manager at Grace Church, which is in Noblesville, Indiana, uh, near Indianapolis. Uh, She and I started a conversation at the Philo Conference in Chicago this past May about the idea of being a woman in production and how Erin was looking for a way for there to be maybe a community of women who do production in the local church. And I got really excited about just the possibility of the conversation because I think there should be more women in production since some of the best production people I know are women. And because I'm a dude, in case you didn't figure that out, this isn't really a topic I could talk about on my own. And so I asked Erin if she'd be up for taking some time and having the conversation kind of in a public setting. And what do you know? She agreed. Uh, The goal wasn't, uh, we weren't trying to solve anything, but just to kind of talk about what the issues are being a woman in church production. And uh, for those of us who don't know what it's like, and even for other women in production to be encouraged that there are other people out there just like you. So, all right, enough setup. Let's uh, join the conversation. I'm here with a relatively new friend and acquaintance, Aaron Meyer. How's it going, Aaron? Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. So, uh, we met basically, we have some mutual friends in common, mm-hmm. Daryl Kripe. Yes chief among them. But we met uh, at the Philo conference this past year. Aaron came up and we've started talking about some interesting topics that we thought would be cool to uh, yeah, maybe talk about in public and see what happens. <laughs> but maybe just for our Philo audience that doesn't know who you are, maybe just talk about what is it you do now and maybe your story of how you got to that place.
1: Uh, sure. Well, right now, I'm the Senior Director of Production Arts at Grace Church, which is a kind of a mid-sized church on the north, just north of Indianapolis. I've been on staff here for over 11 years. We were a very arts-based kind of church. We do, you know, a big show every year, theater kind of show, but we also have, you know, we broadcast our weekend services. We do Saturday, Sunday services. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Do you have so, campuses too?
1: Yep, we have uh, multiple two campuses. campuses plus our main campus. And it, we, you know, we've expanded into that over the entire time that I've been here. So it's been a lot of change over the years. And, sure, right. You know, I've changed positions, and ultimately, I was, uh, I was hired on to be in charge of the main brand new auditorium that we opened with 1,600 seats. That was back All in right. 2008. So I was thrilled to be able to do that, and I knew it was kind of the, you know the plum job at the time, but yeah, <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of learning. Um, I. I came from the professional theater world Okay. Um, where I was lighting designer and stage manager. Okay. I didn't expect to work in a church. Right. <laughs> um, but God had different plans for me and, and sure. I've just tried to be palms up to what he's trying to tell me to do. Awesome. Um, and I've been here more than 11 years now.
0: Oh, wow. Now, how did you get involved in lighting and stage design? Did you go to or stage management? Did you go to school for it or?
1: Yeah, I uh, I went to Penn State. So I okay. a East Coast Girl, but um, I was a theater major and about halfway through halfway through college I decided that I really did not want to audition for my livelihood and it was like very <laughs> apparent. I was like, this is awful <laughs> um, So I thought I better learn something else And I looked at the tech side and thought I could do this um, and jumped into lighting classes and construction classes and scenic classes, drafting and stage management and just found that I loved it. Um, It just fit who I was and how I thought. I loved the creative side of it. I loved the collaboration of it. I loved that you could be creative, but it was very specific. Uh You needed, you know, details and drafts and drawings. And um, it was all about how you communicated and collaborated with others. It was just a perfect fit for me.
0: And would you say uh, just the difference between being maybe on stage and being backstage or whatever the equivalent is, like the creativity did you find that the tech side was more needed to be more collaborative versus the other was maybe more like an internal creativity or was there kind of equal amounts of collaboration?
1: I really think they're pretty similar actually. Uh-huh. And I've always had a, a lifelong quest to really bring the two sides together, you know, the, yeah. the stage and the backstage, um, especially since I've experienced both. I've I just feel like we neither one can exist without the other, and the, we do our best work when we support each other well. And neither one is more important than the other. Um, and that's just a, a passion of mine as well. But um, no, I don't. I don't think it's all that different um, when you really get into it. Uh, people want to know that you're there for them, either way. Right.
0: Whether you're on yeah. stage
1: or backstage. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just that idea of kind of bringing the two worlds together is that's something that I resonate with just because mm-hmm. it's how I feel to myself. And for me, I spend a lot of time being frustrated with like, I'm not really good at the onstage, the stuff. And I'm just OK at the stage, offsta- you know, the backstage <laughs> stuff. But somehow I'm I can like be exist in the middle. Has that ever been frustrating for you? Just like kind of that middle ground of like, I'm not one or the other, but I'm some of both.
1: Uh, no, I think you can be very valuable as what I call an interpreter. So uh-huh. if you can understand both sides, there are people that can't.
0: Right. So you yeah. could
1: be the the go-between that says, this is how this person is feeling right now and why we have to do this. But this is how this person on the other side is feeling right now. So I think, I think those interpreter types are very valuable and, and we have less of them uh, than we need.
0: Right. And would you say when you kind of, when you move to the church realm from this, you know theater? Professional theater background. Did you find that there was more or less collaboration happening, or was oh, it kind gosh. of the, kind <laughs> of the same?
1: I think we the the need and the intention for collaboration was was the same. You have to collaborate really well. I think um, in the theater world, there's a very defined way that people go about it. Um, there's this expectation when a job has a title, you know what it means. When right. I moved into the church world, it was this mishmash of you know, people coming from the con- live concert series or people that have only ever been in church production or people that had done broadcast or TV or right. film or something like that. And we didn't have the same language. Right. So a title didn't mean the same thing. A tech director in one field, it doesn't mean the same as a tech director in the other field. So right, right. in the church world, when you get that mishmash, you almost have to create your own new language to be able to collaborate and communicate well.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's so true. It seems to me, too, like when I maybe compared to a live concert environment, uh, Mm -hmm. just as my example of the moment, there's something about, you know, that you need to collaborate well. Like if you're on stage, you know, you need a great production team Mm -hmm. because if it doesn't sound good, look good, you know, happen quickly and efficiently to save money, like you're going to be losing money like yeah, not absolutely. selling tickets and all this stuff. And so you, you really, there's, a, there's a, like a deep connection. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's just about money, but it's a connection. You know, we have to collaborate for this to work. Whereas yeah. I, for me in the church, it, sometimes it's felt a little bit like the church feels like we deserve great production.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, it's an entitlement. <laughs> um, and so, you know, well, you might want to collaborate with us, but just do what you're told. You know, yeah. it's sort of how it comes across. So there's there's less caring for people, or I mean, not that in a professional setting it's all like you know roses and berries and hugs and you know unicorns oh. and rainbows, but maybe you're taking care of your people by paying them well. Versus that is
1: different, yeah. yeah. In the
0: church, you're just like, hey, do this, and
1: yeah, and in know, the church, I'm a volunteer I volunteer that- and. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, especially when you get into volunteers as well. But I find in the church, sometimes they're saying, hey, do this, and they don't know what they're asking at all.
0: Right, Whereas, right.
1: at least in the professional world, somebody has somewhat of a clue as sure. what they're, they're asking for. Or, or you come back with, hey, well, it's going to cost this much. Yeah, right. Um, the and then church, they say,
0: yeah, let's not do it, or yeah, let's do it. Right. Whereas the church is like, we'll figure out how to do it cheaper.
1: Yeah, do. <laughs> <Yeah. Well, laughs> or to, for nothing. We're going to do it anyway, yeah. so just, to just do it. Okay.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's nice to know that I wasn't the only one who experienced that uh, through the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that that's even an interesting question. How did you deal with that, you know, that idea of people are asking for stuff they don't know what they're asking for and the budget's limited? Mm-hmm. Is it just more conversations?
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: More holding hands?
1: Uh, I think you have to be really wise as a leader about what your resources really are. And in the church, it's everything. It's what you've got back in the in the back closet. It's the volunteers that you've trained. It's the new volunteers. It's what money you might have. I mean, I ask questions about priorities a lot. you know how sure? How high is this priority versus something else or this event versus this other event? and and what what else, what can we do to think, you know in a different way to do what we need to do? And it, that can be exhausting over a long period of
0: time, <laughs> yeah. I have to admit. Um, well, I think uh, what we were talking a little bit about before we started the recording is just that change is happening where you are right now. And yes. change is like the only constant in life. And uh-huh. it feels like in the church, especially. Mm. And so you, I know for me, you know, like you get to a place where you've got a good collaborative relationship with someone and then they leave or move on mm-hmm. or, and then you got to start over with somebody new that has ideas that... Uh, you've already tried and didn't work but now you you try them again I guess and show yeah this doesn't still doesn't work and
1: yeah at this from the team that I started with there was a team of seven on production I'm the only one left <laughs> after <laughs> this many years so uh, yeah change happens a lot I think also yeah. was, for me I'm a late I'm a I'm a late adapter which is I think unusual in production I, I tend to evaluate <laughs> things and then before I jump on the bandwagon sure, especially yeah, with yeah. technology uh-huh. but I would for a long time when I was early on in my career, like the church would go, you know, the pastors would go away and have their retreat and come back and be like, this is the new thing we're doing. And I would be like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to do that? Right. And then after a while, I realized the trickle down is slow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Slow it's okay. You know, we'll handle it, but the trickle down is slower than you think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I always would freak out about new ideas because, yeah. When we leave the room, who's got to do it? Mm-hmm. Me. I'm the yeah. one stuck doing it. And so, yeah, if I can't figure it out in that meeting, I start to hyperventilate. And so
1: yeah, pretty soon they
0: stopped asking me to come to those meetings. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> how
1: production, because we immediately go to task. I think that's how production ends up being labeled like the dream killers. Because right,
0: right. and they well, we no wonder we, we can't game. collaborate with I know, people like, because we're people killing like, the like, dreams.
1: <laughs> yeah, why don't we you know, rig a trapeze to fly in through the zip line through the catwalks? And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. no, there's, <laughs> you know, and they're like, do you, you don't know what you're talking about? Yeah, well, actually, right. there's things like lawyers and gravity and, and insurance. Niece, like, yeah, insurance, right. I don't know.
0: Uh,
1: and they're like, <laughs> well, fine. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not that bad, but sometimes <laughs> it feels like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that we, the reason that we started talking back at Philo was just kind of this idea of finding women in production is very small percentage of the population of production people. And I think you can tell me if I'm thinking I'm remembering this wrong, but it was just the, even the idea of how do we find mentors? How do we develop a mentoring system for females to get trained when there aren't a ton of them around. And there's this weird dynamic between men and women in the church at this, maybe not at this moment, but in all moments, you know, just uh, trying to be careful and above reproach. And mm-hmm. just it's a it can be a sticky situation. When we talked, I remember thinking like, yes, let's talk about this. And I don't know what to talk about and I don't have any answers, but... It feels to me like something to be talked about.
1: Yeah, I think I think we need to talk about it more. I was talking with a, a friend of mine who said to me recently, she's like, I don't know why there aren't more women in production. I mean, it's creative, it's detail oriented, it's multitasking, and a lot of women thrive in those kind of environments. And and she's right. I mean not all, but at least Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least there's a a large chunk of women that think that way and desire to do those kind of things. And I think, gosh, is it Is it just because they can't envision themselves in it because they don't see other women there? Right, right. Um, I don't
0: know. You know, just hearing you say that, there's part of it that, you know, maybe the only thing separating uh, more women from becoming production people uh, versus what's there now is the fact that so much of production is heavy lifting. (laughs) And so it's just like a bunch of dudes and they can lift heavy things. And that, is that the only... I'm I thinking just at the very beginning point of production, you know, that, yeah, that it's the only thing separating it heavy, heavy things. Heavy
1: things. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's important. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I, <laughs> I don't like lifting heavy things.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I don't either. So, yeah.
1: But, you know, there's road cases. You can put wheels, but wheels. Um, sure. The, uh, there's a forklift. A
0: forklift. Yeah. I can run a forklift. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there are there are those kind of things i think that's a, you know a lot of reasons maybe women aren't in construction or something like that as right. much um, i think a lot of we, i think women are starting to make advances in like the this stem fields or steam fields the you know science technology engineering architecture math those kind of fields and i think production has a lot of relationship with those but it's just it's more creative in a lot of ways it it's right. more immediate you got you have the live event concept which i find that's what drives me into it. Is I love doing live
0: events. Right, right. But um, I think uh, production. Uh, you're kind of uh, pointing it out. There are, and maybe I'm, I'm going to oversimplify this. There's two parts to it. There's the creative side and there's the technical side. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, from the very beginning, that it feels a little bit more on the te- when you see it, you think, oh, gear and cables yeah. and 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 that's more of the technical stuff and. I mean, I've said for years about myself, I'm the least technical person I know, uh, and I'm running a conference for tech people. Yeah. So, I uh, mean, you know, doing production in the local church for, you know, 20 plus years, the equipment is the tool to get the creativity to happen. How can we use this stuff to make something amazing?
1: Yeah. And I think that's key, but it also can be intimidating. I mean, technology, even in the 10 years I've been at the church, has changed drastically. Yeah. And, um, just trying to keep up is intimidating. But that's, I think that's our world nowadays. But um, I think with women, like, it's just about kind of creating a new, you ha- you have to be more creative about how you get stuff done sometimes. Um, right. Especially, that's especially true for me, like, since I've become a leader in, in, of my team and a mom, because I wasn't a mom when I started doing this.
0: Right, right. So now,
1: and, and, you know, there are other, there are other men on my team that have kids and we, we prioritize family and that's important. But I just feel like it's a little bit different with a mom, especially of
0: really little kids. Right, right.
1: Where my priorities are a little more divided than they used to be. And I used to be able to be like, yeah, all in on the team. I will stay till the end. I will prove myself through strike, through reset, yeah. you know, pick up all the boxes. <laughs> and now I'm like, that was 10 years ago. Um, right, right. <laughs> Now I'm smarter. And right, right, I've set my boundaries and, and it's okay because yeah. I've, I feel like I've, I've earned that respect through the work that I've done of both my peers, my colleagues, um, coworkers, but, but it's intimidating when you start, especially because you feel like you have to work harder. You have to be smarter. You have to, um, prove that you're, you know, you can stand next to the boys and get it done. Right. Right. Um, which I think is challenging for anyone in the AVLB, um, industry, because there's nobody that knows it all. Like right, you just yeah.
0: can't. <laughs> right. But I think when you're young, starting out, you don't know that other people <laughs> yeah. don't know everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a, that, uh like, you don't know what you don't know.
0: <laughs> right. Right. You start yeah. out there.
1: You're just like, yep, yeah, everything's great. I'll learn it. Um yeah. As you get older, you realize you still don't know all the things and there's so much to know. Um, yeah.
0: We were talking about what resources do you have available to you in the local church? I think for me, my time was not something I measured as a resource. And so I'm willing to sacrifice all of it mm-hmm. for for the sake of the task at hand. Yeah. And fortunately for me, my wife was really good about saying, yeah, no, that's <laughs> – um, we need some – I mean, there are times that, yeah, you got to put in the hours, but mm-hmm. I think there's – especially for volunteer, you know, when I was a volunteer, that was a big thing where I was just giving all, all of my time yeah. because I didn't, I didn't consider it like a, yeah, a commodity. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of being a mom and needing to have more boundaries, you know, there's part of it that that's really healthy and yeah. it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a female with kids. Like the, no. there was a, a time when I was leading a team and I had a guy who was single mm-hmm. And so he would work like crazy. And I would say, dude, you have got to go home. He's like, I'm just going to go home and watch TV. I'm like, yeah, but that's your choice. Like what you're doing is, you know, you're building something here at work that can't be sustained. There's like too many hours involved. And so when you do have a life, you can't keep doing this. And so there was a part of it for me, I was like, man, thank God I have kids and a family because I have to go, I'm forced to stop working. And the reality is that, you're never going to get it all done, doesn't matter how many hours you have, and so, yeah, go home yep, it's a good thing,
1: yep, it is, it's but hard a, to do. It's a hard to do, and I think production struggles with that more and more you're right, you're never going to get it all done yeah. i you know I said sometimes it's just like I keep all the p- plates spinning, and, and it's just this week, how many am I going to drop <laughs> like right. I know I'm going to drop a couple. Right. It, it'll be fine, you know. We'll we'll get through the weekend, ministry will happen, lives will be changed. And yeah, yeah. You know, I stopped I had to be um stop being so hard on myself for dropping a couple of plates. Right. And just be like, well, maybe I should spin plastic plates. I don't know. Like sure. yeah. um,
0: <laughs> one really big plate. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what it feels like sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> When you were going to Penn State and you made the switch to go from you know theater to technical theater or whatever that switch was, were there a lot of females in the technical theater department, or were you kind of a lone ranger there as well?
1: Uh, there was one, and she okay. was a painter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Yeah. There was okay. Very few. I had classes with all guys. There was a. There was more women in the stage management side. Okay. which is more like producing. Um, right. But in terms of in lighting and scenic construction, um, no, yeah. they weren't, they, they were, they were there in the early classes because, you know, they required those has for yeah. everybody.
0: Yeah. All and, the actors have to take, yeah, set building one oh one or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Cause we yeah. need hands for the, well, and, the fall play. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was funny. My one when, when, of the summer that I started to make the switch, I talked to the technical director there and I said, I want to, I want to help out with the summer stock this summer. I want a job. Can I, can I do construction? I had never, like I had one class in construction at that point uh-huh. and he's like, yeah, you're not afraid of the tools. And I was like, that's the requirement. And he's like, oh. am <laughs> like, can you okay. lift heavy
0: things? Yeah. No, not even
1: that.
0: Yeah. Right. You're in.
1: You know, and then yeah. you know, I was nineteen, I think, at that point. And, you know, for my twenty-first birthday, I'm like, "Mom, I want an impact driver." so. I got some. I got pearls and an impact driver. That was my. There you go. Generation. Nice.
0: Now, what? Um, when you left school, then were you still kind of the only female that you knew doing production? Or
1: mm-hmm. I went on tour uh, okay. with actually a missionary group. Okay. On the West Coast. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, I was. I was the, not the only female leader, but I was the only woman in production.
0: Got it. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I was. I mean, it was a really small group, so there was only two of us. But sure. Yeah, I did that, and then I, then I switched to a large professional theater outside of Philadelphia for four years. And um, again, there was other women that were in the production, like the producing stage manager area. A couple of them.
0: Right. But Right.
1: The tech side of it was almost all men. I mean, yeah, there was, yeah. there was a handful kind of at like Philo last year. I think there was like 10% women. And then this year we got up to like 19%, which is right, great.
0: Right. <laughs> but even then, you know, some of those people don't necessarily fall into the production category. Yeah. So it's still right. a relatively small number.
1: Yeah. I wonder how many were more like creative pastors or administrative assistants, or I, I hope some of them are volunteers that are hopeful to become, you know, professionals and audio, video, lighting broadcast. Right, right. Those are the people that were exciting for me to
0: talk to. Yeah, I know that uh, there was a church from Brooklyn uh, that I've done some work with. They had 18 people there total, which is like, whoa. Yeah, Yeah, a a bunch of females and Uh some as like music producers, some as uh, graphics Mm -hmm. operators, Mm -hmm. uh, but not necessarily uh, like when I, great people, but not necessarily in the gonna hang a light, gonna program the lighting console. Yep. Like not too many of those.
1: No, it's hard, and it. I think one of you. I feel like when I decided to get into lighting, I had to learn everything from how to, you know, take the light apart, put it back together, hang it, to, you know, up to moving lights, up to programming multiple consoles. Like, and I still feel like I'm constantly learning, or hoping to learn. Um. And that's I. I feel like you have to just always be learning.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious. Just at Grace Church there like, you know, one of the things you said earlier was, you know, maybe a lot of women don't go into production because they don't see it. Mm -hmm. They don't see others doing it. I mean, have you just by being in the booth or being present, like, do you feel like there are more girls interested or women that say, Hey, I want to be a part or is it, I mean, I guess maybe you don't have anything to compare it to. So that's kind of hard to say. Yeah,
1: I don't know. We have, we have some ladies on our volunteer team. We've got two lighting programmers and a handful of camera operators and some CG operators and even uh-huh. a couple of video directors. Oh, nice. We're definitely still in the minority. But sure, yeah. it's different, I think, than when I started, you know, if I compared to to 10 years ago when I was like, well, I'm, you know, mid-20s leading a team of middle-aged guys. <laughs> like, that's what I did. Right. <laughs> Um, yes,
0: which I I would, uh, just have to say, so I was in my twenties, uh, leading a team of middle-aged guys and it was very uncomfortable for me because I like, I, I could be their kid and I'm telling them what to do. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to me, just, I'm not going to put myself in your shoes and say, you know, my experience is the same as yours or whatever, but as we're talking, I'm just like, yeah, that that's not really a male, female thing, but when we're in it, we don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And then I think on top of that, there are definitely some, some things that, yeah, make it difficult for women to be a part of production in a male dominated field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the guys don't have any concept of.
1: Yeah. I think why well, you can talk about like it can, especially late nights can descend into the, the locker room humor um,
0: <laughs> just which, late at night that happens. Uh, no, no, I mean,
1: pretty much any time is <laughs> yeah. fair game, but I would say the, when you, if you've got, if you've already pushed through that 12 hour, first 12 hours, you know, you're right, you're well into it. And sometimes I think the presence of a, of a well balanced woman can, can maintain a healthy environment for everyone.
0: Sure. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it's okay to just have some fun, but it can get awkward sometimes. Right.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Are us tech men, are we more immature than most or does this happen in all kinds of fields that, you know, we start, we we descend into middle school boy humor? I
1: really, Uh, actually, I've only, I've only been in the tech world for 10 years, I don't
0: know. (laughs) Let's say it happens everywhere. Okay, probably. So I feel better about myself. (laughs) So one of the things about Philo that's really important to me is that we're, the goal is to make better people. Mm-hmm. Like that we're, we're training, we're inspiring, we're providing community just so that I can be a better person. And then, okay, I happen to be a tech person. And so if I'm a better person, I do my job better. I My church is better. And so yep. to be a better person, okay, it's time to, I'm going to quote the Bible. I can't believe I'm about to do this, you know, to leave childish things behind, you know, it's like part of growing up. And so yeah, middle school humor, not the worst thing ever, but okay, it's like we're done with this. And yeah. to have a female in the room, if that's how it's going to happen, then yeah, I'm all for it.
1: I think respect is always good. Yeah. And, you know, mutual respect between men, and women, guys, themselves, you know, ultimately that's what is the priority is, is respecting each other well. I think it's tricky. I think production is so competitive, especially professional production. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wants to look stupid.
0: Right, um, right.
1: And there's this, this struggle to, to feel like I can prove that I I'm, I'm worthy to be here. And I think that men feel that just as much as women. Yeah. Um, I think women are met with more skepticism off the bat.
0: Yeah. Maybe it takes longer to make, to Mm -hmm. prove the point than for a guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, you know, even just walking around at Philo to the, um, you know, the vendor booths, people don't assume that I'm in a position of leadership. They assume that of the guy I'm walking next to, you know, that they'll say, oh, you know, where are you guys from? And then, you know, they'll ask me, oh, I'm director of production and be like, oh, is he your boss? And be like, nope, I'm I'm his boss. (laughs) Or, you know, oh, are you guys married? I'm like, no, no, not married to him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We work together. Yeah. I actually have the you know decision making power on sales, but. Right, right. But if there's a we don't automatically assume that that's the case. And that's what I'm hoping over time will change, that there is an assumption that we we have equal authority, equal respect, equal um, right. knowledge. And ultimately I want even guys in production to feel like they can ask a question um, and not be shamed or feel stupid because right, we we'll, right. we'll all have to learn to stay in this industry. <laughs>
0: Right. What I think too, just thinking about from a professional standpoint, I think so often it can get pretty cutthroat. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, like if something's going wrong, everybody's trying to cover themselves and blame somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, because you need to get the job again next time. And so if somebody else gets the blame, then maybe they'll hire me again. And I don't know how much of that carries over into the church, uh, so much, but definitely you think about yeah, feeling stupid or being mm-hmm. shamed or not knowing everything, and you yeah. think you should. Yeah, I mean, so much of that feels to me like if I was just more comfortable with who I am, then mm-hmm. I would, then I would be so much better, <laughs> better yeah. off to ask the question so I can get better and not be worried about what people are thinking. And I think too, just even even some of that sarcasm that we're, uh, tech people are so known for. I mean, that's where a lot of the shaming happens. Yeah. And so like we're joking, mm-hmm. but my wife would say 80% of joking is truth, half truth, <laughs> half truth, 80% is half truth. I don't know how oh, that sure works. Uh, she maybe says something more intelligent than that, but um, just the idea that, and yeah, it's real easy to joke, but the for the person on the receiving end, you know, that just yeah, there's shame that comes with that and I'm going to mm-hmm. not say what I'm thinking next time or right. I'm not going to throw my two cents in because this is what happens.
1: Right, and I think it's so hard, especially in, I don't know, this is maybe a different subject kind of, but it fits in my brain, um, that yeah. women, especially in the evangelical church world, it's so hard to get for women to get the seat at the table at all, regardless of if you have a church that, that emphasizes women in leadership or doesn't. Um, right. Whatever your biblical your stance is on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it, another, that's just, a somebody else's podcast. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I believe that women bring a value to the table.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and we want to stay there, but it's hard to sometimes speak up because you're afraid you'll lose your spot. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a struggle that maybe men don't see in the same way. I had a, had a conversation with actually one of our pastors recently, and I was talking about titles. So I was like, you know, the title of senior director is, is pretty important to me. It was a big deal when I got that. Uh-huh. And he said, I don't even use my title. I said, well, that's that's the difference. Yeah. I have to use my title, and even after I use my title, I have to prove, oh, this is that my you're worth experience. the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is my schooling, and even one of my women pastors that I work with. She said, "Yep, I have to use my title." And then that, then it's followed up with, "Well, where'd you go to seminary?" You know. So <laughs> the difference isn't is more subtle, I think. Right. It's it's how people perceive you off the bat before you you know you're so you're worth as you walk in the door.
0: Right, right. Because I think yeah, I would fail that uh, those questions miserably because <laughs> in a production setting, I didn't go to school for any of it. So like, right. I can't say well, yeah, it's, going. But it's
1: also your you know your years of experience or. Whatever. Yeah, but like, still,
0: yeah, I don't. I never. Nobody, nobody was questioning uh, those guys, things. Yeah, guys
1: don't get the same questions.
0: Right. Yeah. That's so interesting, and that's probably that you know that that probably extends beyond the evangelical church. Even that that just oh, yeah. feels like a thing that exists.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. it is. So I've been watching uh, with my wife the Handmaid's Tale. Oh yeah. Woo. That I have is, not seen it. I have to admit. Oh my gosh.
1: I'm a, I'm a mom of a two-year-old. I see nothing but Daniel Tiger and, you know, Elmo. Yeah, <laughs> the,
0: stay there, please. Yeah, you, I don't think you need to put this in your brain at the moment. But um, yeah, one of the things, I don't think I need to say spoiler alert, but there was one girl, they were saying to her, like, you don't have to be a wife if you don't want to. You don't have to be a mom. And the girl was like thinking, she's like, well, what else would I do? Mm. and it was because she's not seen anything else. Yeah. And the answer was you can be yourself. Mm. Whoever you are. And I think yeah, it's, I think it's real easy for oh whatever group you're in if you're male, female, Hispanic, white, mm-hmm. African American, I think it's real easy to see your your own perspective and it's it takes so much energy to kind of lift your head out of your own situation to realize what other people are going through. Yeah. And I don't know that I would put tech people into a category of empathy, uh, generally <laughs> speaking, but yeah, th- just in this conversation, thinking about who's on your team, that uh, male, female, whatever, like that, how would to be able to put yourself in their shoes, how would they be thinking about this particular situation? Mm-hmm. or how I'm saying this or if they were here would they be laughing or not yeah so my oldest son is moving out today
1: yeah
0: oh uh like right now he's moving out yeah I got a thing I'm going to record and I was coming down here and I'm just like okay well number one he sprung this on me like it was supposed to happen later tonight so <laughs> like the fact it's happening now I'm just like I can't help you And I feel like I should be taking pictures and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. Um, But uh, one of the things we talked about is that I said, hey, your mom really wants to be a part of this. And she wants to help set up the kitchen. And she wants to clean the house the first time. Like all these things. And I said, she would do them without you asking. She would just not force herself on the situation. She would just like show up and do do it. it, And so I'm like... If you want that, awesome. If you don't want that, you need to say something to her, but you also have to realize that her heart is bursting with like wanting to be a part of this moment. And so, when you let her down, you need to if you if you let her down, you need to, to do it with that yeah. in the in your mind. Um, and I think that uh just as we've been talking, thinking about that that little moment that Thinking about how what I'm about to say is going to affect the other person, yeah. With all the things that might, may or may not be happening, and I know it's hard. You know, I don't know your situation totally. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be you. But could I, even from our conversation today, I can I can stretch my mind a little further next time, yeah. and think about how I'm going to do something, or say something, or respond in a situation, which I think again it doesn't matter for male female. Uh, whatever, we all have that responsibility to, that's part about, yeah, becoming a more effective human being, putting yourself in other people's shoes. Mm
1: -hmm. I think, and I think there's even one more step to your scenario where if he, if your son were to invite your wife in to be a part of it and value her desires and, and heart in that way, how much more valued would she feel? And I think that's what many women in production just want, is they want the invitation in, And and the follow through and to say, yes, I will. I will mentor you or train you or help do that kind of development and encouragement. And I think that it's a it's kind of there's a fear, especially in the church about men and women mentoring that, you know, something's going to happen. Sure. Um, Right. And I'm like, look, if women are going to advance in leadership anywhere in the church, it's unfortunately it's probably going to have to be men that mentor them. And we're just going to have to be okay with that and be safe. You know, don't be dumb. Um, sure. Not, but it's so hard. I think I've seen a lot of the turnover in my department is actually men that have been mentored by other men that have moved up much faster than I ever did.
0: Sure. Right. Right. So
1: I'm like, and there was no other women to 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 invest in me until fairly recently. Right. Um, right. And they're not production people; they're just pastors. Just um, people. <laughs> right. As I say, you can just you can mentor leaders whether you're men or women, um, I think until we get past that kind of hurdle and that mutual respect that needs to happen to do it, we're not going to see those numbers go up for women in a lot of fields.
0: Yeah. I think too, the thinking about mentoring just in general, I think so I put myself as a tech person in the local church, like, I want to go home. I don't want to have to meet with somebody later or get up yeah. early or whatever. And so I was not doing a great job period like just yeah. men, women, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And the people that kind of took to it were the ones that wouldn't go away. Like they <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, they were just true. always around me. And so the mentoring kind of happened through osmosis. And it's fun to think like there are a couple of those people that are still involved in the local church doing production stuff, which is really cool for me. Just thinking about the idea of mentoring, number one, I think we should be more intentional just in general as yeah. tech people, like because... For most of us in our churches, it's all about having the volunteer, you know, the volunteers that can do the work because we it's too big for us to just hire staff to do it. Absolutely. And I think God has created a bunch of people to do this tech thing, and so it's our responsibility to say how can we develop them and get them plugged in and succeeding and all that. I think when it comes to uh, men mentoring women and all that sort of thing, I'm totally with you on the idea of. Let's just not be stupid. And I think mm-hmm. even, even in my current work life situation, most of the Philo team that I work with on a daily basis are women. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to meet women. I'm you know for me to have the Billy Graham rule at, at every turn, I could I wouldn't funk, You know, yeah, it's business hard. would cease to exist. And so for me, it's been all about my wife knows where I am. Yep, she knows who I'm with. She, you know, it's on the calendar. It's yep. like, you can find the information. It's, it's all there. And so, yeah. yeah, for me that, well, it needs to be my solution. But yeah. I think, I think even thinking about men mentoring women in the local church, I think it just has to be out, out there for everybody to, Right. if somebody opens the book, it's all right there and there's no question. So right. it's not like we're meeting till midnight and nobody knows we're here and that's where things get weird. Yeah. Versus, hey, there's a mentoring session that goes till 1030 and we're going to be in this room, and yep. it's going to be dark.
1: Yeah, I and, know. It's, yeah. Those are, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and we have like, and yeah, there's rooms with no windows. Like, right. You know, the video control room has no windows, and I worked in there with men my whole career. And we're yeah. basically, we say, this is a public space. You can even prop the door, but it's a public space. Nobody has to knock to walk in, they just walk yeah. in. You yeah.
0: Know? yeah. Yeah.
1: And same with you know working in the lights. Yeah, you know, we're you know, we're sitting in a dark room. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just but we're working on lights. It's it is tricky. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's all about open, honest communication and transparency and um, accountability. Yeah. And those are the things that. But it's also about intentionality. I think I'm I'm not the best at mentoring either. I I, I wish I was better at it. I think I'm I'm getting better at it, but it's it's hard. But I think uh, the places I learned the most is where I just attached myself yeah. to this, you know, this lighting designer, or this producer, or I just would say, just, I'm, I'm just right here. I'll do, I'll be your assistant. I'll do what you want. Right. Um, all, you know, if they were the lighting designer and I was the master electrician, great. I got paid, but mostly it was about learning the craft right. in a different way. And I, I learned the most from those situations, but it's tricky to get those positions and, and do that, that kind of networking and
0: yeah. I think too, just the, the idea of if you set up a mentoring program that magically people will appear and be mentored and, <laughs> and kill it. Uh, the reality is, yeah, it's the, it's the people that are like you say, I'm going to attach myself to this yeah. thing. I'm available and I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do whatever. And yeah, I would say that for me in all the years of doing like recruiting weekends and, you know, mm-hmm. here's a list of 40 names of people said they wanted to do production mm-hmm. stuff, and. Oh gosh! Only two people signed up after these. This yeah. forty, I called forty people, yep. but really, that's. I mean, in a lot of ways, okay. Those two people are doubling the size of my loadout crew, and <laughs> that's changing my life. You know, and and some of those might turn out to be the the person or the kid that just attaches themselves to whatever and becomes mentored. Yeah. So, and I think for me too, I I would say it's probably just it's more about having the mindset of mentoring as you go mm-hmm. that I probably could have done better at versus saying, you know, on Wednesday mornings, I yeah. will set aside mentoring time.
1: No, it doesn't work that way. It's it's about, yeah, it's more about mentoring in the moment whenever you can. And even being visible in what you do and how you lead. Like we have an open air booth. Like I've tried to be cognizant of that all the time. Like, sometimes I'm working and I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I forget that people can see me if I'm working right. or not. <laughs> like when yeah, yeah. they can see
0: checking out you know. Facebook during the right. message.
1: Yeah. And that's hard. <laughs> I've I mean, never done that you know, by the, the fourth, way. No, never, ever. <laughs> yeah. like, the fourth service in and you're like, I'm tired. You
0: know? Yeah. Right. Right.
1: It's hard, but it's, you know, trying to be aware. I think I, and again, I think women are watched differently than men in some ways like that. But, um, I don't
0: know, we've yeah. got to
1: be aware of that, and that's exhausting.
0: yeah, buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, so knowing that the majority of people listening to this podcast are in the male category is theres is there one thing that you would say to us as mm-hmm. an encouragement or as a uh get your act together or any any sort of final word?
1: um, I think. I mean, I think most of the guys I work with in production, especially in the church, are really good guys. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. But I would say think of it, it's it's not just your world. It's it's a big world. Um, and yeah. the more diversity we can get in it, the better. If you can look to see who's interested and who wants to be a part of it and, and encourage them to come along because you never know when you're gonna change somebody's life, whether they're a high school student or, mm. you know, in their retirement. And they'll find something that they love and they can do and express who they are. Or they might be, I mean, we have guys, I'm like, you're amazing at soldering. Could you help me solder things? Like, that's not yeah, creative, yeah. but it's a huge blessing to the church. And and they still, uh, be aware. I guess, be aware of all kinds of relationships that are open. Right, right. To, to that kind of influence. And I think invite people in. Invite people in. That was, invite
0: people in. I mean, if I hadn't been invited in to, like, hey, why don't you sit with me and hit the record button mm-hmm. on the tape deck, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. And so yeah. just the idea that there are people out there, they are men, they are women, they are of all races mm-hmm. that God has made in a particular way to thrive in the mm-hmm. world of production. And it's up to us to really uh, look for them and make a space for them to to succeed. Absolutely. And I think... I would say just in general, it's so hard to get your head out of the thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, look up from the thing, the task at hand, yeah. mixing, lighting, right. planning center, whatever it is, and look up and say, I mean, even if it's carving out time, I know I said this is not how mentoring happens, but just saying, hey, on Wednesday mornings or whatever, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit here and think about yeah. Who do I know? What could I do? Who's out there that needs uh, an encouragement to take the next step on our team instead of just go 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 yeah. on the thing that you know the the to do list?
1: Yeah, um, and it's really hard those those moments are are there all the time, but I mean, we're we're so busy, like I said there's there's so much going on. Um, yeah. it's, it's hard to get out of the details and, and focus on the relationship. And I think that's a lot of what we're called to do in the church. And I think, I don't know what's out there for women in terms of like, can we create a support group or whatever that is? But, um, ultimately we're pretty far apart. Women aren't like, I don't, I don't have women on my team that aren't volunteers, um, that are in production. So the women I talk to don't quite understand my world. So we got to support each other, whether you're men or women. Um, And, and help each other create healthy lives and healthy boundaries and encourage each other to train. Don't create an environment of competition. Create yeah. an environment of um, encouraging questions, encouraging learning. Um, that'll help everybody ultimately.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for being willing to record our conversation. Yeah. I know we talked earlier. Uh, we're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe we should talk first before yeah. we hit record. And then we're like, well, that could have been a podcast. So let's do it again. I know, it's an interesting
1: conversation,
0: but. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, just this conversation should keep going and I Mm -hmm. appreciate your willingness to kind of step into it and yeah, looking forward to what else we can talk about. So thanks for making time today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: I had such a great time talking with Aaron. Uh, it was really interesting to me how similar the challenges can be, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, when it comes to doing production. But then, you know, women are dealing with an extra layer that I didn't even know really existed. I definitely love to keep the conversation going. And yeah, I've already been thinking about ways that file can better serve the community of women of technical artists definitely don't have it all figured out but you know if we don't try to start somewhere we never will figure it out so i just really appreciate it aaron and her courage to number 1 be on a podcast i think she would that was new for her and and to talk about a subject that potentially uh, has some landmines to avoid anyway thank you aaron for helping us start the conversation all right at the beginning of the podcast i mentioned we had a new event to announce and We've already announced it on social media, so uh, and you could find it on our website. But we're starting something we're calling Philo Team Night. If you lead a production team of any size, volunteer staff doesn't matter. You know that the task ahead they get so big that there really isn't time to plan a night to build into your team. You know to talk about the topics that really matter: why we do things a certain way, is there a better way to do them? What's the role of production at our church? And our goal. For Philo Team Night is to provide you and your team with the opportunity to have those conversations and to be together in a setting that isn't Sunday morning, crazy execution time. We'll share a meal together. We'll have time to process the role of production in the local church, and we'll have some fun together with other church production teams. We're trying our first Philo Team Night on October 7th. It will be at Mission Church in Bloomingdale, Illinois. Uh, We've got some great friends over there that have agreed to help us with our little experiment. If you want to check out details, they're on our website, philo.org slash teamnightchicago. So just the fact that we have Team Night Chicago on there means we're hoping to do this in other cities, but we're going to try this first one and see how it goes. Okay, don't forget to check out our website for all the info about Philo 2019 in Anaheim. The ticket price went up a couple weeks ago, but if you use the discount code PODCAST99, all lowercase, PODCAST99, you can get tickets for $99, uh, which is over half off. So if you're on our website, you can go to sign up for Philo 2020 in Chicago also. And if you'd love to come to both, we'd love to have you there. So, um, But PODCAST99 will get you $99 tickets to Anaheim in 2019, November 5th and 6th. Okay, if you like our podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, all the places. We'd love to have you review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word. And uh, you can find us on social media at Philo Community, which is Facebook and Instagram, and at Philo Conference on Twitter. Also, we'd love feedback. We love feedback. So we'd also love ideas for future podcasts. Shoot us an email, philo at philo.org. All right, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you later.